David. That's why I can't hear anything because of the constant ringing in my ears. Uh, <laughs> the usual scene of Barney reaching for the volume knob as this show kicks off. It's Woody and Frothy's Dagging Barney with you again uh, to review round 17, touch on some news and uh, do what it is we do each and every week on Spotify, YouTube, iTunes uh, and everywhere else good podcasts are found. How are you, my friend? Yeah, fantastic, actually. Uh, oh, it's been good. a much better week, which is good. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, life's pretty good. Just been, you know, delving into the family stuff, spent a lot of time at home with the little one and the missus and you know, trying to keep everything together at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's pretty good, man. Yourself? Uh, busy, busy, busy. So, <laughs> Three days fried, of work so and he's work. walking around like he's about to fall asleep. No, no. So the one month that you have to actually go to work. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'll be cooked actually. But anyway, um, you'll carry me as you're more than capable of doing, Barn. Correct. So, uh, you know, be just business as usual, really. <laughs> Many words were falling out without much meaning. Uh, let's get to some news. All the Origin teams are out. They look different. <laughs> it's very different. They, uh, for those that haven't heard, if you've been living under a rock, Bradman Best has been named to meet his origin debut at centre. Cody Walker's back for Luai, as we forecast. Uh, we didn't necessarily forecast that first thing, but no. <laughs> Jake's at prop. No pain, has through injury. Uh, RCG's back in the team. Martin and Colin Matungi start, also on origin debut. Yo moves to the bench. Jacob Saifidi's back from obscurity. Uh, and Gutho is 17th man. Uh, just quickly for Queensland, because like they actually know what they're doing. Uh, AJ Brimson <laughs> is, comes in as we see the forecast to fullback for the injured, uh, injured suspended actually. Reese Walsh, uh, yeah. uh, let's say Postilian, uh, whatever they call him these days. The fullback there, Reese Walsh. Uh, Ruben Cotter's named to start at prop. Tino is his mate. Harry Grant named to start, and Ben Hunt on the bench. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Corey Hallsbill is the other change coming into the team for the injured. Uh, Tom Flegler, Jermaine Hopgood in and around the squad, as well as his uh, Drinkwater and Luai. Mm-hmm. What do you well? What do you make of it all? I won't spend too much on this because we've actually got a, a collaboration next week with the Ruck yes. Infringement Podcast. We're going to preview this in depth as we <laughs> as we do next uh, Monday night. But um, immediate thoughts on these teams. Yeah, strange one for me. Obviously, it's all or nothing for New South Wales, and they've actually picked a few creative players. So I probably think this, um, there's more chance of New South Wales scoring points in this one than there was in the previous games. But will it be enough? Probably not. <laughs> Queensland have shown um, you know, uh, no real issues in being able to break apart New South Wales' defence when they really need to need it to happen. And, um, yeah, it <laughs> could be – depends how um, – how much of a good time they're having up in Cairns at the moment, I would imagine, <laughs> is, is how this game plays out more than anything else that happens on the field. So if it's a, if it's a full-on bonding session up there in Cairns, they may be a little dusty <laughs> by the time they get back down here. But, um, mate, well, I can't see much change. In, uh, the, the scores might be a little bit closer just because New South Wales score a few more points. But, um, yeah, there's some, some interesting calls there for me. Again, I've already we bang on in the second game about two hookers. I just don't see... <laughs> the use in it when you've got two blokes there that have played 80 minutes week in, week out. Uh, Gutherson, Drinkwater, they're pretty much the same sort of player there. Um, who, whoever actually starts, I, I probably would have preferred Drinkwater myself. Well, Just a little bit more, yeah, bit more so. acceleration and yeah. um, probably a fraction more creativity when it comes to ball playing than what you're going to get out of Gutherson. But, um, yeah, the series is dead. What, what do you say? Like New South Wales well and truly blew this. Fucking before the season, uh, before the series started, really, with some of the changes that probably should have been forced earlier that weren't made. So, to me, this just reeks of 
like and as I've said, I'm on record of saying, at no point did Fred does Freddie have a plan here, and this it just confirms that. Like if if he had a plan, he'd stick with who he picked. Go, oh, we just didn't execute it the right way, or yeah, yeah, find absolutely. like for like. Go, okay, but they've dropped all their size, so they've mm-hmm. now gone smaller forwards. Uh, Gutho and Robson, uh, and Robson worked his ass off in the first game. As did Damien Cook getting posted out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it just feels like token. It's like, oh, well, we may as well just give a few blokes a go and maybe one of them turn into a superstar. Um, Guth, like, no, I don't really have a problem with Guthrie getting picked, but again, he's only there for the Nico spot from game mm-hmm. one. Because yeah. what's he going to do? They'll probably bring him in to the game a little bit earlier. I think they may have learned their lesson with the Nico one in the first game. But, yeah, I, I can see him spending a good 50 to 60 minutes on the bench doing, doing mm. very little to impact this game. Yeah. These are the changes, obviously, he's made because he wants to win this last game. I don't know if yeah. he's trying to keep his job or it's just a pride thing. He doesn't want to get whitewashed. Why weren't these changes made in game two when you needed to win the game with the series on the line? Because it's probably admitting you're wrong you fucked a up game in the early. First place. Yeah. And they still haven't. But <laughs> um, and then it, and but even some of these... Oh, actually, Drinkwater and Gutho are two of the form players of the comp, so no issue yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Colin Atungi feels a bit tokenish to me because I don't think he's had the best month. Um, but he's, he's been coming on the radar back from injury. He's been okay. Um, but yeah. Bradman best, and and just without foreshadowing too much of a preview, uh, uh, and he has. Had, and I said last week, he's had a fantastic month. I think he has had a fantastic. But it just has, to me, has a big, massive bullseye right there as to where Munster and Hammer are going to be running all night. And would imagine so. Yeah. Um, he's going to have to get through a mound of defensive work, and uh, with all due respect to the to him, because he's a fine attacking weapon. I'm not sure he's necessarily up to it, especially when you don't have a bodyguard um, in the form of, say, a, like a Liam Martin's going to hit some people, but it's not like he has um, even a, a, a prime Angus Crichton or someone that can pretend, protect him and make 40 tackles along the way. Mm. Uh, Turbo will through the middle. Uh, Jake Turbo will through the middle and such, but still feel his cracks here. Um, I, I don't you know look at the sen- like look at the outside backs for Queensland, right? And they've been ba- basically the main contributors for points yeah. for this entire series. They're not your big battering ram type players. No. The the blokes with footwork, they're the blokes with that extra speed and acceleration. Roman Best isn't slow by any means, but he, he doesn't have the footwork to beat a bloke one on one in defence. He's going to try and run over him before he tries to get yeah. around him. And I think New South Wales have been crying out for a bit of that footwork and, you know, uh, that movement and dynamic pace out wide. And there's there's blokes out there that can fill those positions. But Particularly when uh, they've also got the two best running halves in the game. They're going to both be running. Like, Munster won't touch a ball eight times and there'll probably be lines break assists and try assists flying all over the shop. Um, and it's just pace. And I don't know that this New South Wales back on this they're up to it, to be And honest. the Guthenson pick is probably even more of a worry considering that the bloke that's gone down both times has been the same guy who's no longer in the squad in yeah. Tommy who got injured both times and needed to be replaced. Yeah. Now no longer in the squad. So for mine, now I think they'd be better off putting a, a bigger body in the, on, on that bench because whilst, um, you know, they've got the two big guys in Hass and Paulo, RCG adds a bit of size. but There is no Hass and Paulo. Right. Like they've uh, they've sorry. lost all their size. Yeah, they've lost all. And Stefano's out Paulo. too. They've only got RCG coming yeah. in, so he's the only big man in this side. No, and, Jacob's yeah. feet, but he's not as big as. And Trebojevic is big enough, but he's a defender. He's not a running. Yeah. He's not a running ball player, so it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And when you and you compare that to Queensland, who just replaced like for like, you know, we know what we're doing. We bring Hawes in there, same same with Flegler. Um, bit twenty five minutes of aggression, 
and um, AJ <coughs> will do the job. He might, he might not be as uh, explosive, but he's not far off. That's very small. Let's see a stat the other day: forty-one changes or something in <laughs> in eighteen matches. Yeah, so that's the average in six or seven changes in a game. Yeah, <laughs> over the entirety of Freddie's, um, you know, as I said, Freddie's perhaps tenure. Perhaps these, oh, sorry, um, seven or eight a series. Isn't so, that more an illustration? So perhaps this uh, team that started odds on favourite every time, maybe not just not have never been as good as people thought they were. Yeah, it's, it's what seven seven changes a series out of six series. Like I know they've they've been beaten and probably handily beaten a couple of times as well, which does force changes. But there's no continuity in this back line. There hasn't been, apart from re- realistically uh, Luai and uh, Cleary, who haven't. Uh, kick the door down either. So no, uh, it, it's oh Teddy's been there from it's the, the start. Form, it's the form halves combination, um, like the best mm. two most informed halves they could probably get this year. Apart and, from possibly and Nico, I, who well probably yeah, hard done by. Well, well, given they've made that call they've already, called Moses in for the second game. So and I, I guess I can't begrudge Teddy a, a last game, but I suspect it may well be that. I don't think, and, and all the there's lots of outcry about Dylan Edwards, but I don't think his last month has been what no, it was at the start been. of the year. In fact, probably far from it. But and he's much a, much a similar type to Tedesco anyway. So yeah, if you're looking for creativity, it's probably gonna you've got a better yeah. chance of it coming out of Drinkwater or Gutherson than the, you do the only out bloke of Dylan be, Edwards. Unless Latrell was 100 percent fit, yeah, then you'd back him at fullback oh, until then. In the score, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. at, at fullback would be the only change I'd make. Like. Give him the reins. If he's your, your go-to, give him the reins. Anyway. Yeah, there's obviously no planning for next year. Um, New South Wales haven't gone out and made a well, call I think on they'll the coach. Say they will. I think they'll just say, oh, we blooded the, the three debutants, you know. But then look at who they blooded last year. Stefan lasted a game. If it's a different coach, does he does he even pick those blokes <laughs> next year? Form, injury, it's all up in the air. My so. suggestion would be that just pick blokes where they should be. Mm. You know, go back and if... Go back six weeks and just pick Campbell Graham and Stephen Crichton if that's who the two best centres are. Uh, and I accept Latrell being um, the best centre if, if he was to play there. There's been issues with, um, obviously, blokes not being able to train and a lot of those blokes have come out of South, so I don't know what's quite True. gone on there, which probably cost Campbell Graham his spot well, I think in the, in the first um, one and then Walker his spot in the second one. So I think both part, I think both New South Wales and South are pointing fingers at each other, so... Mm. Uh, I don't know where the answer lies there, but we'll we'll go I guess through that uh, in a little bit more depth next Monday night. Signing news: uh, Martin Tapao, however it's pronounced these days, Tapao, Ow, Tapao, Tapao, uh, has extended for another year at Brisbane. He's been fine, okay. getting he through his work, okay. and um, yeah, fair enough. Mm. Seb Chris is extended to twenty twenty seven for Canberra, and the main one I guess is that. Uh, Toby Sexton's been parachuted into Belmore into effective yeah. immediately. Uh, astute enough signing. I wouldn't have complained had the Tigers actually tried there, but absolutely, we'll see what Scott Fulton has up his sleeve, if anything. Um, so, yeah, good. Like, gets him into, back into first grade, gives him a, a first grade quality half. Um, at his best, yeah. At his best. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't know what it then doesn't necessarily fill you with confidence if you're a, a Rajad or a, even an no. Oluwapu. Didn't get much there. No, absolutely not. Um, obviously, the young fellas probably does need a, maybe another 12 months before you start bringing him in. Um, Rajad, you could probably say the same about him, but Sexton's still pretty young. Uh, uh, yeah, he's from like mid-20s or, or something, yeah. or 20. even early 20s. But 
22. Be interesting to see how he kicks off when he when they do land him there because um yeah he started his career very well um had you know we had pretty good raps on him with his kicking game and um you know, he, he is a controlling a half every which now and then. is rare yeah. in, in across the board so but their packs fucking piss weak at the moment. We saw it on the weekend. We've seen it probably every second or third game this year. Yeah. Uh, even accounting for injuries, there's still way too many holes, especially defensively in that Bulldogs pack. And I'm surprised they haven't gone out of their way to start trying to fill some holes in there, to be honest. but Well, they're still, you know, they'll still point to Kikau and Luke Thompson. And yeah, but that's one edge. Yeah. Like, Kikau's one edge. Yeah, Matt, Matt. <laughs> Seriously. You see, as soon as Max King, well, he's been playing big minutes, but as soon as him and TPGJ do come off the field. Yeah, there's, there's no middle. There's nothing. There's no then middle. it just falls apart. So. Nah. I'm sure there'll be a few bodies. There'll be plenty on the market. There'll be plenty of market changes in the next few weeks, but um, someone like a – they'll end up taking someone like a one of those bench Tigers middles. Um or they'll swap and change with a few of the Dragons, then no one ever really goes anywhere. <laughs> um, suspension news, Payne, oh, well, Payne Haas, sorry, injury news, is out with uh, an ankle injury for the next fortnight. Yep. As is Flegler, as is Capel, uh, as is Jordan Ricky. Uh, and Ooh, that's going to hurt the Brisbane. The official line is, yeah, it's an interesting game. Mm. Official line is Tyrell Sloan has a calf injury. Right. Cheese and... Sam Walker both coming back through New South Wales Cup this week, and Jerry Marshall King has been named despite again concerns with his shoulder. Yeah, hasn't he become the walking wounded over the yeah, last, last six weeks right. or something? Yeah, he's not having a great time. Mm. That's uh, that's about it really for in terms of serious injuries. Uh, Campbell Graham, I assume, must have been at, in New South Wales team if he was fit, but he's still injured. Uh, I haven't seen any suspension stuff. Was there any that comes to mind? No, it wasn't a big weekend a for any. No. There see. was a hip drop, pretty sure. Was Sorry, Tigers Alex Twile. Game, Alex Twile. Yeah. <laughs> he did. That was a, a pretty average looking hip drop. Yeah. But, so, um, so that was par for the course. Uh, but that was about <laughs> it. Um, well, this was a round where there about fuel tanks running empty. This is, I, I, I said earlier in the year, when teams. You see in this comp, and it's been consistent for see, as long as we're doing a show, when teams um, finally break, they break, and that's it. And, it's the time um, of year for it. This was, this was well and truly it. Uh, yeah. So some of these games, I don't know how we're necessarily going to analyse, but we're going to try. Uh, kicks off 52. Oh, did you, um, obviously, you, anything to mention on the pay dispute? Apparently there's going to be uh, a, there's another media ban, a media only, ban yeah, across the board the for the next however many weeks. Um Apparently, a hundred clauses changed in between the last um, the last players' contract that was tabled to the RLPA to now. So <laughs> I don't know. What, I saw Abdo today on the TV saying it's only hurting the fans because the media is the one who brings the connection between the players mm. and the clubs. And but seriously, if you're changing a hundred clauses in a contract in a player's contract, well, in the, a contract between yourself and the players' representatives, yeah. In the space of what was it, round four or five? I think they had the original meeting. Oh, it was the start of the year, wasn't it? So it was tw- before because they had a meeting at the start of the year, yeah. and the only team that talked to them were the Tigers. So, so we had all the bullshit <laughs> stories from them for six weeks. So come twenty weeks later, and you've changed a hundred clauses in what you'd already tabled. Like, yeah. What, how the hell are really going to throw their hands up and say it's got nothing to do with us? Like, <laughs> seriously, I don't know. 
yeah, I don't know. Obviously, don't know the ins and outs. Whether of it. it's just wording, whether it's it. just, yeah. I don't know, I don't know. Peter Volandis doesn't lose many fights, so <laughs> it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out. Um, we'll see. I don't interesting know. to see the paperwork with exactly what's behind it. Obviously, we'll hear a bit, a bit more. I would imagine around um, the clarity of what the, what the problem is. But um, from the beginning, as far as I've known, it's been a lot of around the women's game and around the the minimal contract players. So yeah, if you can't really be mucking around with that kind of stuff, <laughs> exactly. So, so I, I until it comes out and until someone leaks it. And what are we really going to miss out on anyway? Oh yeah. Doing it for the boys. It was a tough half of footy. We just got to make our tackles, get through our sets, and we'll win. Exactly. Better for listening <laughs> to us in the first place. Uh, the other, the other, look, it's been a particularly bad, and Abdo, uh, sorry, Annesley had some bullshit saying how media needs to lay off the referees, but we've spent four oh, years avoid, avoiding um, really ripping into them. But honestly, the last month of officiating has been very, very bad. And in at least four Probably games, even longer, to be honest. But it started what mid mid season with that absolute howler that the time was it Simon's put up. Yeah, redheaded ref absolutely had an absolute shocker, lost complete control. Smith, Todd Smith. Todd Smith, and you had four blokes sent off, and it was just turned into absolute bedlam. Yeah. And every probably every week since then, there's been at least two games where you just scratch your head and go, "What the fuck is going on?" Um, there's a lack of control. The officiating from the bunker is there's no zero consistency, less than zero consistency. Like. In the space of a, of a Saturday afternoon, three different decisions. Well, how the hell did Nelson get awarded a try? Well, there was Serious. that. Serious. How, <laughs> how did at least two of the South tries get awarded? Um, but we'll get to them. Uh, there was it, right across the board. Uh, and I think it, we'll probably just get that off my chest now because we don't we're really, really dwell we're too much on dwell, it. But, yeah, we try not to even um, pick it out, out of but most games. as bad as I've seen but. probably in two years. And it, 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 it ruined, for me, a couple of games. Uh, but anyway, didn't really have much to do in this one, which was 52 <laughs> to 16, where the Sharks put the sword to the Dragons who were brave for, I'd say, bang on 20 minutes. Thereabouts. And yep. that was it. So yeah, what the absolutely. stats there? Nine tries to three, eight out of nine conversions, played two out of three for the Dragons. 88% completion, played 75%. 846-plus running metres and 215-plus post-contact metres uh, in the positive for the Sharks. Nine line breaks to four. 35 tackle busts played 21, five offloads apiece. Two force dropout from the Cronulla side. 266 tackles played 407. It's a few lopsided games like this where the yeah. teams are making 150, 200 tackles more than the opposition. Um, five errors to nine. Four penalties conceded from both teams. Five ruck infringements against the Dragons and an inside the 10 against the Dragons. Nico Hines with 156 super coach points. Moylan with 108. Then you had two other Sharks players before you got the Tyrell Sloan on 86 super coach points. You can start because what do you say? Um, I'll tell you what you're going to say, but you're going to say more depth. Sharks were good. Um, Dragons tried hard for a bit. Then Dragons stopped caring. Ben Hunt dead set as he's <laughs> one foot on a plane to wherever he's going. He's uh, about the he, he has less interest in this game than I've had in uh, rugby union for 15 years <laughs> and some of his defensive efforts and decisions or defensive decisions leading to lack of effort were absolutely appalling. Um, for a blo- If a bloke's looking to get out of a contract, I guess this is the other way to do it. So. Yeah, absolutely. You've covered half of what I've got to say. <laughs> <laughs> First 25 minutes was a pretty decent fight. Um, Sharks seemed to be going a little bit better than the Dragons, but they gave them multiple opportunities early. I thought it was going to be one of those games where they just fuck up every second and third set and <laughs> turn it over and the scores are close at the back end of the game and they <laughs> managed to win. 
but um, it didn't end up being that way. Uh, probably lasted about 15 minutes, and the Sharks seemed to pick up their um, their errors and their, their penalties. Um, but they did give the Dragons multiple opportunities early. Um, and a little bit of soft defence uh, sort of let the Dragons down the Sharks' end for a good part of the first 10 or 15 minutes. Um, Rava scored a nice little barge over for the first try. Um, at least the Dragons were having a go, but as soon as the Sharks scored back-to-back tries in, yeah. in, in and around that 25-minute mark, the, all the energy and the body language of the Dragons just completely disappeared off the pitch, um, went out the window. It was probably one of Cronulla's better performances. They put in 65 minutes of pretty decent footy. Um, but they were still definitely assisted by the Dragons' effort. <laughs> they, 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 yeah, um, they'd probably be upset with two of the Dragons' tries. To be honest, like they were, yeah. they were pretty soft. Um, the one where Sloan just picks it up and runs seventy meters while four blokes stand there and watch him, yeah. <laughs> and then one guy tries to tackle him. Um, and yeah, they're, they're probably that first try, the little short side barge over, they'd be pretty disappointed in that too because yeah. they had two blokes there and they just couldn't stop that. But um, other than that, they were, I thought they were fairly good. Um, Sloan had probably his best game of the year, and now he's got a calf injury and <laughs> gone. Like, he was actually starting to get involved. He did poke his head through the line a couple of times, made one or two line breaks, and was actually getting a lot more involved than what he has done for most of the year. Uh, yeah, I think um, he probably pl- felt obliged because no one else was. <laughs> quite possibly. Um, lost me spot. Where was I? Um, Sloan. <laughs> Yeah, he was he was the best for the day, or close to the best. Francis Molo had a decent game, as did Laurie and Sewer. Um, Hunt was okay with the ball in his hand, but as you said, <laughs> left a lot to be desired on the defensive side of things. I thought Lomax was pretty good, and um, Jack DeBellin, again, was just their, their best. Made uh, 50 tackles again, I think. And well, just, if he uh, doesn't win player's player or whatever the equivalent is, then like, <laughs> the they don't even know what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um the stats say Kennedy didn't have a great game, but I thought he was tremendous. Around two hundred and twenty meters. Yeah, um, the line breaks. I noticed the, the media is now comparing to David Peachy too. <laughs> it's it's funny Peachy though. comparisons. Yeah. <laughs> I've been saying it for twelve months, yeah. but anyhow, um, I thought he was fantastic on the back of the shape that the Sharks were putting up. Uh, Braley had close to his another one whose stats he didn't really, really come through as you know try assist and line break assist and everything, but. His service was brilliant. His running game when he decided to run was fantastic and led to really long-range um, efforts from the Sharks. So they'd, they'd roll off the back of his run and then just power through the, the rest of the field. Um, set up a lot of field position uh, in his it was his 100th game, I think it was. Um, yep. Very good. Hazleton had a massive impact off the bench. He had to play an extra five or ten minutes than he normally does. He normally only comes on for 10 or 15, but they gave him 25 or 30, and he was going really hard through the middle of the field. He it's very hard to stop. Seemed to always sort of halfway come through the defensive line, if not fully through the defensive line. Scored another try. McGuinness again was brilliant as well. I thought he was uh, one of the big impact players when he did uh, hit the field coming off the bench. Wilton the Cora were great. Like They were just causing all sorts of problems yeah. for the Dragons on the edges of the field. Moylan looked like a superstar. You've <laughs> got to do a pretty good job to make Moylan look like a star. But he was actually – he had a whole heap of runs in this game and he was uh, – Causing problems with that left foot step back through the middle of the field. And Talakai and Nico were the ones that sort of finished everything off, really. <laughs> Talakai just kept, Nico just kept going to Talakai when they got close to the line and he was scoring tries. And if it wasn't him, he was going to Nikora, Nikora on the other side. And yep. 
Uh, they just blew straight past a few. Like a few of them, they went through untouched, especially that last one from Nicara. Yeah. He hit the ball at pace and no one was anywhere near him. He just ran straight through the line. But, um, yeah, Sharks dominated. It was pretty poor showing for the last at least 50 minutes from the Dragons in defence. So. I've said it before. Sometimes these teams need, like, a blowout, like, need a, a game like, like a team like the Sharks need a blowout, like happened to the Cowboys. Complete confidence. Uh, a month and, ago. Yeah. Um, they get, like, one of these under their belt and all of a sudden they go, oh, that's right, we're, we're pretty we good. Can we score know what we're doing. We can, yeah. Um, and I feel like this might have been it. Hopefully. And they've got a pretty good run the next couple of weeks. So um, all good signs for them. Kind enough draw and all that, and that as well. Uh, I, I actually, you, meant, you mentioned him. Uh, I thought Braley was three points here. I was mm. going to go with that way in his 100th game. And the two back rowers uh, were both absolutely fantastic, uh, if flattered, because, yeah, they were running at Ben Hunt and Co. But um, what do you make of it? I'll give... Um yeah, I'm happy to give Braley the three. I had him down as one, uh, but that was only based on stats, really. But he, his energy and the way he lifted this team, yeah. He but was, even early on, when, when there was a fight going, he was the one dragging them yeah, yeah, towards yeah. the line. No, I'm happy um, with that. looked dangerous, yeah. Um, I have to give Nico some points. Um, of course, three you're, you're assists, Line breaks, line break assists, Who all the rest of it. Um, I had Talakai or Moylan, oh, okay. but I'm happy to go with uh, Nikora. I was going Nikora. to Nikora. I can live with Nikora and Nico. But uh, I don't. I don't disagree with Talakai either. So we can either rock off or we can. No, agree. we're going Nikora two. <laughs> okay. Nikko one. Uh, f- where'd we head to next? As my page refreshes, there it is. Warriors. Uh, that's right. Friday night kicked off torrential with twenty rain. in a uh, torrential <laughs> rain over there. Twenty-eight to six. Uh, the Rabbitohs ruined my perfect round. Oh, did they? Mm. It's T- two weeks in a row, I've got seven. You've missed by one. Wow. Yeah, this was it. Well done. Uh, over there. Uh, I I was particularly unhappy at some of the officiating in this game, but mm. you're going to make the case it didn't cost him the game. Uh, I don't even, can't say it, didn't, it cost him the game, but I don't think it uh, helped them. Fucked up a lot of their chances, yeah. Um, <laughs> in any great deal. But I, I honestly do not understand how um, someone runs through off a grabber, pushes a bloke out of the way, who is offside, pushes someone mm. out of the way inside the 10, who would have been the A defender, like the first defender to the ball, and uh, that's not pulled up. And then the, yep. next, the very next try... Um, the halfback slaps a bloke in the head and that's fine. So, all right, that, it, uh, whatever. What do I know? <laughs> anyway, what the stats say? No, I agree with you on both of those, to be honest. I think they both should have been pulled back. Um, but what do you do? Uh, the stats said one try to five, one out of one conversions for the Warriors, three out of five for South Sydney. One out of one penalty attempts for Souths. 69% completion for the Warriors, 92% for the Souths. 296 plus run metres, 133 plus post contact metres for the south side. One line break to four. 28 tackle bus for the Warriors, 16 for South Sydney. They must have just scored some tries where they didn't get touched. There was a few untouched. <laughs> yeah, there was actually, thinking of it. Uh, three tries to seven. One force dropout to two. 413 tackles for the Warriors, 283 for South Sydney. 13 errors to three. Five penalties conceded to nine. Zero ruck infringements to two against the south side. And a sin bin for the Warriors. Uh, that's probably another contentious one. Uh, well, how there saw was four blokes four, get hit exactly. in the head before uh, Fanua Blake hits a bloke in the head. It was, you know, it was a pretty solid contact, but so were some of the previous ones. And yeah, um, yeah. Even the time of that because they scored. I think the very next play, they did. straight through that hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. 
Yeah, another one that um, you know the Warriors fans could probably be pretty upset about. Supercoach points: Murray with eighty-six points, Walker with seventy-nine, then two other South Sydney players before you got to Torhu Harris on sixty-one. I love the Tribal Chief Torhu. He spent so much time trying to be polite to the referee in this game. Like, yeah, oh, it was yeah, the same absolutely. last week, uh, the last three weeks. He just spends so much time just going, sir, really? What yeah. just happened? And you know, and, he just wants to go, oi, dickhead, what are oh, you doing? He spends so much time. <laughs> God bless him. He's, excuse me, sir, but what happened oh. over here? Could have dead set cracked out the flippers and snorkel in the last oh, yeah. 20 minutes of this game, yeah. uh, especially down the war- down the uh, back end of the field. Um, if you're watching this, the screen on the left-hand side of your field, that 20 metre was from what pretty much a try line to 25 metres out was just underwater yeah. in that back in the back left corner. Um, and a lot of ball got spilled in that area of the field as well, which um, is not surprising. Uh, South Mind came out probably extra aggressive in the middle in this game. Uh, they were really amped up to take it to this Warriors forward pack and I thought they matched them pretty well, especially early in the game. Uh, it got a little bit sort of more sideways towards the latter latter part of the game. But, um, yeah, South Sydney were really physical and direct in the middle of the field in attack and um, rushing off their line in defence to really try and get in, in the faces of this Warriors team. And it seemed to upset them a little bit, I thought, yeah. uh, early in the match. Got them off their game a little bit, wrecked their flow. Didn't help that they were dropping the ball every every second and third set, which really didn't help them. But a, a big part of that was the way Souths were defending the halves as well. Uh, after they got past sort of that 15-minute physical barrage in the middle, you noticed that they were really rushing from the inside out at the halves and trying to take away as much time as possible off Sean Johnson and Metcalf, which really led to, to some really rushed passes and errors and all the rest of that off, off the back of it. And... I thought that was a big part of the way they got away with this game was by really taking the time away from the halves, from the Warriors' side. And, um, yeah, it shut down a lot of their attack. You didn't see it get out past the halves uh, or the second rowers that often uh, for big parts of the game. So Yeah. I think that was a definite tactic from South Sydney. The, you know, the wingers and the centres were rushing up straight, but the inside man was really chasing hard to put pressure on the halves. And, yeah, I, I thought that was a big part of what um, sort of broke down the Warriors' attack for mine. Um, it doesn't help as well, and, and that's a, a great call. But uh, I think the Warriors are—it's um, hard to really get into a physical battle in the mud. Like yeah, it's, yeah, you know, you it does make really it a lot. You can't be throwing people and, around, and yeah. all of a sudden, when you combine that with you're the slipping, excellent work they did on the halves, I think that was the, the ultimate key to what happened here. Mm-hmm. The Simbin really hurt the Warriors. Obviously, points come just before half time. The charge down, knock on, um, was a tough call. I know it hit him in the chest first and he tried to grab it, but that's a that's another turning. You know, if he cratches that clean and runs the length of the field, the Warriors are back in front yeah. and who knows where it goes I, from I, there. I, I actually, I, I ultimately didn't have a problem with that call. It was, no, no, it was, it was, a, it was the right call. Yeah, yeah, it's um, just unfortunate. But, yeah, <laughs> it could have could have gone the other way. It could have just taken it cleanly or just not hit, you know, just chested it down and it wouldn't have been considered yeah. a, a knock on. So, um could have been a little bit different, but I mentioned the fifty-fifties that sort of went south's way. Uh, the Warriors, yeah, Warriors ball players really struggled in the wet and with that pressure that South's put on them. I thought Barnett had a pretty good game. Uh, Walker off the bench was pretty good, and so was Fanua Blake. Considering he spent ten minutes on the on the sidelines, he still punched out some pretty good numbers there. Um, Montoya and Chance Nickel Clockstad were probably the best of the back five, but they they really struggled in the 
in the conditions, the Warriors. As I said, they couldn't really get it out past their halves in their second row, so the, their outside backs didn't have a lot of um, impact in this game. I thought Egan had a really good game in dummy half, worked his ass off, and um, yeah, Harris was their best. And Ford did a pretty good job on the other side, yeah. but the two back rowers were probably their best two players for the Warriors. Uh, what do you do with both these teams? Do you, uh, I, in my mind, am treating this as, I don't say an anomaly, but I'm forgiving the Warriors. Mm-hmm. I just uh, think they're a dry track uh, or drier track team. And South, the South's now going to miss lose half their squad this week. They've got to then back up next week. I just think that it's a hard game to really springboard off either. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm just thinking, like, I'm just going to forget this, like, oh, well, this game happened. But I think if South can win one of their next two games, there's still a good shot of running somewhere between second and fifth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, if they drop both of them, then you're probably looking at four, around, around fourth, fifth or sixth. Warriors, for mine, I can't see them missing the eight. But um, they're going to be in the bottom. They're going to be in. The, I would imagine that they don't go any higher than fourth. So somewhere around the fifth, sixth, seventh, or eighth. I, I'm still sticking to the fact they can be the fairy tale sort of run mm. if uh, everything clicks. Uh, not quite premiership winning, but the, you know the one that you know the, the team that just uh, has the, the dream run upset someone yeah. in the finals. Yeah, and then but then gets puts in some really good loses to the best team. Yeah. Uh, how are you splitting up some points? Um, well, I didn't mention the better players from yeah, the. the um, I thought Sele and Keon Kulamatungi had good games for. Well, so did Totola, actually, for, for South. Their, their big middles were really be, uh, big and important in this game. Uh, Walker and AJ were fantastic. They were the guys that were sort of creating some points out there wide for, for South Sydney. And uh, Cameron Murray was the man of the match. He's the, he's the dog you want in this fight. The <laughs> slippery conditions where he just. The, the bloke who works harder wins. And he was the bloke who was working hardest on the field for mine. I had him with three points. I gave Alex Johnson two. I thought he was um, fantastic. Had to do a bit of work in the tries that he did score and um, made a couple of nice breaks down the sideline as well to put them in position. And then I had Torhu Harris with the one point. I can't argue with too, too much with that. Uh, I, I think Ordinary mentioned to the South Halves that both yeah, controlled both really decent. well. But, yeah. um, More than decent. Probably on the money there. Uh, the next game started, well, another one that lasted... Uh, this was a weird 20 game. minutes of uh, well, twenty. It was actually not just well, it wasn't just twenty contest, minutes. It was twenty minutes of dominance. Yeah. And, uh, I was talking to someone Saturday night that pointed out actually Mrs. Johnson, who pointed out yeah, that right. um, the Panthers' mo this year is. I think you've, we've just got to realize not to panic when they get pounded because I think they're almost happy to absorb. Yeah, they're just happy <laughs> to absorb it for twenty minutes, and we've seen we've seen almost every game their opening pack just cops it. But it turns out being the fittest team and uh, they're just fitter for longer and then they can just, once Lenny gets on and once they get the momentum back, they just don't lose it again. And I think this, and it wasn't I said, I thought, I thought you could go back, I reckon, and watch almost every game the Panthers play this year and it'll be a similar pattern. I wouldn't be surprised if comes finals time you see something like Lindsay Smith starting. Yeah. And moving Fish and Liotta back or one of those two back into, onto the bench. And after that 20-minute period, you see Lenu and, say, Leota or Lenu yeah. and Fish come on and really try to amp up that physicality. Yeah, well, Fish never really got going this year, has he? No, not particularly. But no, um, a slow start. And Lindsay Smith's been fantastic. Um, <laughs> I picked him out after a second, third game, and I, I brought him into my super coach team, which actually was a very handy move. He made a fair bit of money, and I probably moved him on a little bit early, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but um, he's, um, he's, he's doing really good things for this Penner side. We had two tries for the Storm, six for Penrith. Two out of two conversions, five out of six for the Storm, two out of two, uh, five out of six for Penrith, two out of two P- 
Penalty attempts for the Storm. 68% completion played, 84%. 395-plus running metres and 89-plus post-contact metres for Penrith. Two line breaks to four. 31 tackle bus played, 48 tackle bus for Penrith. Five offloads to six. One force dropout for the Penrith side. 395 tackles played, 289. 12 errors to seven. Six penalties conceded to five. Five ruck infringements against the Storm, two against Penrith. And two inside the 10 given away for Penrith. Uh, Supercoach points Targo with 118. Luai with 85. And Nelson Asofa Solomona with 82. Where, uh, well, we may as well start at the beginning. It seems like a very good place to start. Mm. Uh, yeah, this, they were dominated for the first 20 here. And Harry Grant was running a muck. Yeah, they were the on the back foot. He was just foot. flying through. Absolutely. Uh, Nelson onto the edge. Um, Munster a bit quiet, way. but Hughes was doing. He's directing play very well out on the edges. Yeah. Uh, and it looked like it honestly looked like this was going to be a an absolute slaughter. And it was going to you know, be... mate, action! One of the biggest Penrith <laughs> fans you're ever going to see after 20 minutes. This is how you beat the Penrith team. We're done. We're this. We're that. <laughs> End of the game. Like, hey, where are you, buddy? Nowhere to be seen. I don't know if he drunk himself to a <laughs> to a stupor or <laughs> what happened there. But yeah, he went off a little bit <laughs> early in this one. They were getting bashed, though. They were absolutely getting, um, especially on the edges of the rack, not so much in the middle, like they were getting held in the middle, but just on the on the edges, uh, in around the halves and the centres, they, they were having a lot of problems trying to defend this this Melbourne side who were, were um, playing a... They stopped playing the... They were dropping sort of... They're playing a lot of angles on the, on the edge of the ruck with one guy sort of angling out and support runners angling back on the inside. And a lot of that stopped towards the back end again. I know they, there was parts where they didn't have a lot of the ball but they just seemed to sort of pack up their creative play towards the back end and obviously just try to muscle through Penrith again in the middle and that, that was never going to... I haven't seen the team really do that to Penrith for three years now so maybe occasionally but it's probably not the way you want to attack a Penrith side. We've um, we've given our blueprint and you saw the teams that do it generally do get a good jump on them early and they, they catch them out wide in the first half an hour and try to put on a fair few points and make them chase. But the, the start of the template is right is you have to make Penrith chase. I think the way to beat them is to make them chase. You're never going to score the last try. You're never going to win a, a game the style of the Roosters-Manly game no, yeah. against Penrith. No. Because they will double down They'll and, find just, a way to score. and um, yeah. just revert back to repeat sets and all the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, and, but if you can get out and make him, you need to get to 18 or 24. Mm. Uh, and that's where I, th- I think... Well, Penrith probably did well not to get out to that point, they did, to be actually, honest. Yeah. Because they were getting, um, they were getting cut, o- <laughs> cut open a few times in that first 20 minute mark. And they probably did save two tries in that, in that first half an hour. So, um, it was probably a, a tip of the hat to them. The fact that they were, weren't far enough behind to have to really panic and start to chase too hard. So who started the fight back? Uh, the beast uh, from out, out on the edge there was the key to it. Isaac Tango was an absolute superstar in this game. Yeah, this game would be strong. Uh, Fantastic. Just hurt people more in attack than defence. Spencer um, did pretty well when he came off the bench. Yeah. Added a lot of aggression. and um, you know, The way he runs onto the ball, <laughs> it would be scary seeing a bloke coming at you. Oh, yeah. He puts absolutely everything into it, the way he comes running through the middle there. Um, probably came off the back of the storm making a few errors, back-to-back errors, and really giving Penrith a, a whole heap of um, possession down down their end. And you start doing that with, with Penrith, it starts to cause a lot of problems. Mm. And then Penrith sort of played a little bit differently here where they, they spread the ball a lot. 
they spent 15, 20 minutes just going from one side of the field to the other side of the field and really stretching the Storm defence from one side to the other. And as you mentioned, Targo uh, was just barreling over the top of people, stepping them, stepping back inside. Everything, Pretty much everything he touched in this game absolutely turned to gold after that 15, 20-minute mark in this game. He was brilliant. Uh, Tuo was an able partner in crime for a mm-hmm. lot of it. He was... Um uh, as good as he was, well, as good as he ever is, but uh, he's had some quiet games this year. But he was, I think it was 200 plus meters again, uh, and some very damaging runs to start sets. And on that, I just the, the other part of the, the other game plan to being Penrith is once you get that lead, I think you almost have to play game last 10 minute footy for mm. like a half. Yeah. I think the other template is how, still got to keep stretching how the Tigers beat yeah, them. Yeah, like yeah. get ahead and just kick it out, kick it out, and make take. Back end the, those backs out of the game, yeah, yeah. Kick into the corner, right down, put slow them in down, there make them have to start a set with their forward pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the template. But we're talking like he ultimately, in, in the discussion, is who's going to beat Penrith, and we can present a template. But I don't quite know. Yeah, no, who has absolutely that? Absolutely not. So. Um, Penrith cleaned up some errors as well. They were a bit loose early in the game, and we were giving away possession, and the, that really stopped. I think they, they had something along the lines of five penalties and five or six errors in the first 20 minutes, and they didn't have that in, in the next 60. So <laughs> they really did clean up their, um, clean that up. Yeah, the big thing for mine was the way that they stretched the, the outside backs of the Melbourne side. Um, we know there's a few defensive issues out there uh, if you can get on the outside of some of these blokes. Um, like... Remy Smith, Solemn, and uh, put some pressure on the wingers. I think Warbrick got barreled a couple of times by Taco as well, which was interesting to see because he's not a small bloke. But, um, yeah, they really stretched him out wide. I did mention Remy Smith, but I thought he was probably one of their better outside backs. But, uh, yeah, they, they really did target that left-hand edge for Penrith and um, Targo had a field day. For mine, he was man of the match, but... We'll get to that. Um, the halves were pretty good early for Storm, but they um, they really fell off a cliff for the last 45, 50 minutes of this game. Kamikamika had a pretty good game, as did King. I thought they, they were very good, actually. And um, Grant and Nelson are so for Solomona. They were the best players for the Storm by a mile. They were absolutely running this game, as you said, early in the first 20-odd minutes. Um, Fish and Yo were good. Uh, Lindsay Smith was awesome, uh, as I mentioned, in 40 minutes. I think he had a try assist to try. Uh, he was doing all that clean-up work in the middle of the field. and Great really try assist too, like just ref- a reflex. Offload. Cat, uh, yeah. Catch and offload, yeah. yeah. No, it was fantastic. Ably assisted by Hosking again. I thought yeah. he was very good with his impact. In, he only played 20-odd 20, 20 minutes, but he was, again, doing all that clean-up work in the middle of the field. And that's the one thing that they do have. When, when the chips are down, they've got three or four blokes that will just work their ass off in the middle of the field. So even if you are making half breaks and sort of causing problems in and around the rucks, there's two and three blokes chasing you down and put and grabbing hold of you before you get too far out of the way. So yeah, and when that culture exists, which some clubs don't have, it's easier to enforce on the youngsters. When you expect it, and Melbourne, you know, over 15 years have done the same thing. Absolutely. it's expected to do that. If mm-hmm. you're filling those ship those boots, mm-hmm. you, you it's what you're expected to do. Yeah, good point. Um, the halves are good. Uh, again, Cogger <laughs> just seems to be getting better every every game he plays at the moment. Yeah. Um, his kicking game is very good. Like it's right up there as one of the better kickers. And obviously, Penrith have got gone out of their way to make sure that their backup half has a very good kicking game because we've seen Sullivan before this, and now um, Cogger. It's obviously something that they just drill into their halves. Well, well 
his one job is to be Nathan Cleary when Nathan Cleary's not there. So imagine he spends every Minute day at training just following him around doing the same things that Nathan does. Yeah, would imagine so. Um, yeah, once it, once they settle down, to, I'm looking forward to next year because we can get a direct comparison with Luai and Brooks. <laughs> How excited am I for that? Be- because yes, he had a, he didn't have a bad game by any means, Luai, but God, he does so much nothing. Like he'll get the ball and you know what he's going to do: right foot, right foot, hospital ball; right foot, right foot, run back into line. Um, there's just nothing else. He, I thought know, he was pretty good in this game. Well, he, uh, he, he, <laughs> to he be does, honest, <laughs> that's my point. He does it well, but you yeah. know, but there's just so much in between. A good, good brilliant try assist can't knock that. He, he created a lot of um, a lot of space, and he was yeah. just, it was all about once he once they realised that Targo was cleaning up that left hand side. It was it getting, makes the, easier. getting the ball to win, yeah. and trying to draw a defender or two yeah. before he got the ball. And really, he spent his whole life having a kick out there doing the same thing. So maybe it's you know he's just been waiting for another man. Yeah, Toto and Crichton were fit, were great, and um, yeah, Targo was brilliant. He was man of the match easily. I agree. Yep, I can't argue that. I uh, had Nelson with two, yep. and I actually had Luai with one. <laughs> I was going to say Lindsay Smith, but whatever. You can give it to Lindsay Smith. Give it to, I don't care. <laughs> give it to Luai. All right, give it to Luai. Uh, what, is it just, Pen- Pen- we just take Penrith as that far above everyone else and that's it? Or Melbourne? Yeah, teams just- have to be at their absolute best. This wasn't one of... Melbourne's better performances, but it came back to what we've been pointing out all year and they got shown mm. up in those areas and I don't know if there's enough teams that are able to show Melbourne. Like We thought there'd be more teams that you know, the, the were going to be a lot more competitive and show up. Melbourne, three teams got beat by 50 uh, and the concern about expansion is you're thinning the pool and the pool's like there's not much left in the bottom of it. There's some, it's, 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 uh, it's like the Colo River. You might go, it's like this, and then there's a six-foot drop with the good pool, and then there's one, but there's not <laughs> much else to one between. Foot of water. Because mm. once these teams are, you've, we've seen it, once these teams are shallowed out, there's not much under the bonnet. It, like if, if, even if you went and looked at the bottom three, not so much the Dragons, if you went and looked at the Bulldogs and Tigers, and if they had their full-strength team all the way through, I think they both at least win a couple more games. Um, and that changes attitude. Uh, winning, you know, changes everything, and blah blah blah. No, blah, Penrith blah. should have lost probably two of the last four games. Yeah, let's be honest. And yeah. they've found a way to get through them. Um, kudos to them. They're, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them drop two or three games bef- between now and the end of the season. That being said, there's still nine games to go, so that means they win. You know, well, I think they'll be loving six life because they're going to have a, a fresh Nathan Cleary yeah, for the absolutely last three months. Will. Yeah, so they would have rested him for. Uh, at least three of these games anyway. Yeah, more than likely. And so. yeah, they've managed to still continue on their, their winning ways. Um, wouldn't be surprised if you do see them drop two or three games, especially over the next probably month of football. But they're still going to be at least first, uh, at least at worst second. I think they're, they're probably going to be minor premiers. I, th- I think even this time last problem. year, the broken team, there's more broken teams already now than yeah, there was last absolutely year. There is. Last year... You'd be nervous almost. You'd be nervous with Penrith playing I'd anyway. I'd say it. probably 14 of the teams at the well, moment like, are really limping. Like they're on yeah. one leg at the moment. And and it's just Penrith potentially can bulldoze through where they couldn't last year. And they only dropped, what, three games last year anyway. But, <laughs> right. but it feels like there's less. Yeah, there, it has been shallow out. Anyway, 26-22. Uh, perhaps the refs decided another game here. Yes. Uh, as the Raiders held on against the Titans. Again. Fucking the, <laughs> yeah. the story of the Raiders' season. Fuck me. Uh, four out of four 
four tries apiece, four out of four conversions for the Raiders, three out of four for the Titans, and one out of one penalty attempts for Canberra. 75% completion from both both sides, 322-plus run metres for the Titans. Five line breaks to six, 34 tackle bust to 32, 10 offloads to 11, one force dropout from the Raiders, two from the Titans. 380 tackles played, 328, nine errors to 11. 11 penalties conceded from Canberra, six from the Titans. One ruck infringement to two, one inside the 10 against the Titans. Daniel Siafidi, uh, sorry, David Fafida with 107 supercoach points, Tino with 95, and Hudson Young with 93. Well, David Fafida was man of the match. This was outstanding. So, yeah, three points, David Fafida. We'll get to say <laughs> to that. But um, he was fantastic. Every run was damaging and amazing rainbow ball to, uh, Set up the he other had another try. Twenty minute period. Uh, and where should have scored the match winning try. People. Yeah. Uh, and ultimately it cost him the game. Um, can't just if you're going to stand in a defensive line and uh, shepherd, mm. how can you be penalised when a bloke tries to get around you? I just think I thought it was farcical. Um, but add it to the list this week. Yep. Uh, but they they were pretty good. Uh, we didn't we, last two weeks. We haven't seen the collapse of the Titans, which mm. something's changed, obviously. Uh, but this is all built on the three. The three pillars they've got, and the three pillars keep they performing are as far as... They playing uh, competitive football for a lot longer, yeah. which is um, kudos to whatever changes have been made there. Um, yeah, Canberra just keep finding a way to get the two points. Um, I don't know how many games this year that they've looked done and dusted and probably didn't deserve to win the game, but managed to get the two points and take it home with them. So <laughs> well done to them. Um just seemed uh, to the momentum just seemed to swing from one team to another. Every 10, 15 minutes in this game, one team would be down there dominating field position, possession, uh, putting all sorts of pressure on the defence, and then for whatever reason, it would completely flip back the other way, and then the other team would start storming through the middle of the field and get down the other end and cause all sorts of problems for the defence on the other side. So, um, Is that just more support of what I'm just saying in that... And the same thing happened in the, the last game of the round. If any mm. one of those four teams had played Penrith this weekend, they would have lost by 50. More than likely. So when, it's see, when, when you look at it and it's mm. all at this level and another team's this level, the pool can't be that that full. No. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Agree with you. Um, Raiders started strong. Some nice passing movements from the Raiders' uh, halves. Crocker and... And Hopawade, the, the way it went through the halves, hands out to Croker and then put Hopawade in for the first try scorer. Um, another kick from, another kick from, uh, what's the halfback's name? We've gone blank. Fogarty. Fogarty. Another, another bomb bomb from Fogarty, another try. It happens every week, sometimes two and three times. <laughs> His kicking game's been on point for the last probably six weeks of the competition. Uh, really starting to do some nice things there. Uh, Fafita started causing no ends of problems. Really hard. You mentioned it, hard running, um, offloading, chasing kicks as well, which is something we haven't seen from him uh, the previous years when he's had a few problems. You know, people commenting on his effort where it wasn't quite there, but at the moment he's he's all in. It looks like he's all in. And this is nearly a career season for him. Yeah. Apart from the the games for Brisbane when he had the yeah. breakout year, this his effort is. Um, like it's more than I've ever seen from him. Week in, week next out. year we won't even when we start the previews. His discussion point, I assume, he's still here, and mm. we wouldn't. I couldn't possibly imagine questioning his effort. No, no, not uh, at all. Especially no. not for the last six to eight weeks of the competition. Mm. He's been in every game right up to the last minute, which makes me think that this, um, these clauses in the contract to be able to leave after the coach has been sacked 
won't come to fruition. I, no. I'm pretty sure Tino and Fafita will end up staying there. Well, Tino looks goes like to press conference and cries yeah. when they lose. He's so, the so captain. You're not there just for They're a paycheck. They're both busting their balls every week. Yeah. Fafita's just re-signed on less money than what he was on to pr- come and prove himself. That's true as well. So, um, yeah, I, I don't see that coming to fruition, but obviously there'll be a lot of interest in both those players. There'll be a few <laughs> few contracts thrown their way, I would imagine, but... It looks to me like they're in here for the long haul because they both bust their ass every single week and then you add Mo on top of it and they've really got something there in that forward pack. But um, Jojo Fafito, nice backline movement to score just after, just after half, uh, just before half time. Um, second half of the Titans, I thought they were probably a little bit hard done by, as you mentioned, the no try for Fafita. Um And uh, they they bombed a try as well. Um which ended up being a length of the field for Canberra. Like they stood there That's and watched right. the bomb yeah. and they knocked it and Canberra's run the length of the field. So that could have been a um, a 12-point swing. And in these games, these are t- four-point games as well, you know what I mean? Like you're playing the blokes that are two positions behind you or right next to you on the competition ladder. You lose it, they get two, you don't get it. So ends up being a four-point swing yeah. and, and really changes the position on the, on the ladder. But um, yeah, I thought they probably should have won. To be honest, but Canberra got found a way to get there. So um, Hudson Young's try late. It's just his typical. Every time he scores, it seems to be the same thing. <laughs> just running a million miles an hour at a centre and just crashing over for a try late in the game. Got him home. Um, I thought I thought Croker had a pretty good game out there for for Canberra. So did Hopawadi and Tomoko was was pretty good. Probably you know, stats got bumped up with the length of the yeah, field run it, for the it. try. But um, I thought AJ AJ for the Titans, Kelly had a pretty good game as well, and so did Cam Pereira. So they probably sort of cancelled each other out in the back lines. Uh, Tanner Boyd and Verrills were very good again for the Titans. Um, Tanner Boyd seems to have a very good game every week and then an average one the week after, but he's starting to become a bit more consistent, which we haven't seen from him, so... Uh, Verrills is in, in the conversation for one of the most underrated plays in the comp because he yeah, he's only played what four or five games. And under, yeah. yeah, which but, is, uh, probably doesn't. He help, won a premiership but. at East. His mm. service was never ever in question no. there, and it's made it. He's, he's made a couple of nice try assists in this tight yeah. side. Um, he gets very good service to his out uh, to his halves when when they need it. So got a he's got a really uh, yeah really nice bullet pass off the ground, which is helpful <laughs> if if you're a dummy half. Mo was great. Tina and Fafita were awesome. Uh, Fogarty was just a conductor again. He just he's absolutely got this team in his pocket at the moment. They do what he tells them to. Whiten's really backed off and just basically only getting involved when he sees an opportunity, rather than trying to. You know, he was getting in the way at the start of the year, which was a big part of their problems. I thought early in the year, um, Fogarty's basically telling him just wait until I tell you to get involved, which is um, amazing um, a benefit to the side, obviously. Well, what a what a halfback does. Yeah, and I'm going to do all the kicking. Don't you dare kick the fucking yeah. thing. Um, Gouler and Horsburgh were awesome. Uh, again, they, they have been last couple of weeks. And Tarpanay and Young were brilliant at the back end of the game. Uh, yeah, I yeah, not much more to add. They're, they're on par, these teams, but Canberra win these games and Titans yeah, lose absolutely. them. So, <laughs> at least they didn't lose it by 20 like they were a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, Fafita, man of the match, easily three points. I had uh, Tarpane with two. I thought he was brilliant. Uh, got through a mountain of work that nobody else did on the field. And then I had either Tino or Hudson Young. Probably Hudson Young because he scored the match winner. But uh, Yeah, well, Tino probably should have scored the match winner. 
Oh. And did score a very similar try, just a bit closer to the post. So. Tough one. Do you give it to Hudson Young I, and Foggy. You've got to put Foggy in the conversation because oh, yeah, they, they don't get anywhere near these games. No, they don't. Without him on the field. So we'll go. Uh, we'll give it to Hudson Young. Here we do go, Barney. Ready 74 to talk about this? Nils, uh, and, no, I'm not. <laughs> Actually, generally, so always, generally I'll do my notes. If I don't know after the game, I'll go back and watch the mini or whatever just to refresh. I, I tried. I lasted three tries and I was like, no, I can't do <clears> this. Uh, I did forecast 140 point turnaround and we got it. So hey, there's something. The five minute pre, the five minute highlight package probably would have been too hard. It's to pretty long. Watch. Actually, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? They um, YouTube, you know, on YouTube, the YouTube channel put up each team's tries for the month, yeah, and they're yeah. all like six minutes, eight minutes, seven yeah, minutes, yeah, ten yeah. minutes. Tigers is like a minute sixty. Or so, I mean, a minute 60, <laughs> two minutes ten or something like that. I was like, yeah, that's about right. Sounds it's like correct. Jerome Ball. It's like Baller's palm and. Yeah. I'd probably name him if I thought about him. But anyway, yeah, shit. 13 Go. tries to the Cowboys, 11 out of 13 conversions. 86% completion played, 52% for the Tigers. 1,282-plus run metres for the Cowboys and 365-plus post-contact metres for the Cowboys. 13 line breaks to one. 54 tackle busts to 28. 17 offloads to seven. A force dropout from both teams, 196 tackles made by the Cowboys, 376 made by the Tigers. Eight errors to 16, three penalties conceded from either side, three ruck infringements to one, one inside the 10 against the Tigers, and a sin bin for the Tigers. Dearden with 179 supercoach points, Drinkwater with 173, Tualangi with 140, Val Holmes and Sammy Vellame with 117, Nanai with 106, and then I don't know how many blokes before you got down to Sean Bloor on 54 <laughs> supercoach points. But how do you review a game like this? Like the defensive masterclass that was put on here by the Tigers <laughs> <laughs> was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> oh, mate, they made some of these blokes look like the best attacking footballers to ever lace up a boot. It was fucking stupendous. Cowboys <laughs> Cowboys fans would have been wetting themselves at halftime and it only got better for them after then. It was <laughs> it's just... Oh, wow. Um, and they weren't the worst defensive team, in my opinion, for the weekend. So <laughs> we've got another one to look forward to there. Because the Cowboys did have to put on – some of these tries were fucking brilliant. Some of the passes inside, outside, going down sidelines, offloads when they get to the fullback, short kicks. And, yeah, there was some absolutely sparkling football that was – was played, was ably assisted and abetted by some of the Tigers' defence, especially on, when a ball got out towards Val Holmes and Murray Tuolungi, who were just taking the piss at different times in this match. Um, <laughs> oh, Drinkwater and Dearden just ran and ran and ran, and not many blokes wanted to try and pull them to the ground, <laughs> unfortunately. I, I don't know how many times I saw either Drinkwater and, like, Obviously, I watch every minute of pretty much every game. Might get distracted here and there. But the amount of times I looked up at the TV and Dearden or Drinkwater had the ball and was just running down the field with Tigers chasing them was just fucking outstanding. I haven't seen it. Like, obviously, you don't see this kind of shit happen. We saw it a few times this weekend, but you don't see 70 points. I can't remember. Have, have we seen? Not in the NRL no, era. Record, for NRL, record margin for NRL high school since 1935. Yeah. That's all I have to say. <laughs> uh, I mentioned there were some really awesome tries, uh, but yeah, Laurie, I thought Laurie started okay at five. Had a couple of nice little runs there. He actually, but um, it, 
lasted as about fast 10 as or 15 minutes. He looked mm-hmm. like a slug at times. He, he actually poked his head into yeah. a couple of holes. Whatever and, that means. You know, looked okay running the ball. A uh, couple of touches early. This is about it. Uh, Simpkins, Blora and Papa Lee worked really hard. Like they, what what could they do? Like they they made plenty of tackles. They chased. They were the guys that were chasing when everyone else had given up. They well, were the someone guys, that, um, having the Bulldogs a go. could, you know, if, if, if someone I mentioned earlier, who's been told he's got he can size go, and he's he's mm. been told he can go. But he's since he's come into first grade, he's been actually in the conversation around best forward in the last. Month. Yeah, well, since he came back from his, in, he got an injury, didn't he? Yeah, and then spent ages in. And then got dropped, and since he's been back, he's been quite good. Yeah, Simpkins, Bloor, and Papali were the only three I really were going to mention from the Tigers. Um, You could mention pretty much the entire team for the Cowboys if you wanted to because they were made to look like superstars, but um, Griffin Neem was amazing in his 50 minutes. He was really physical. He he was probably one of the best forwards on the field, Um, and, yeah, was really good in the middle. Nanai was Nanai as well was brilliant on that edge. Um, he's really come. It's only been three weeks or whatever since he's come back, but he's come back flying. Um, both wingers were brilliant. Throwing Val, did and drink water. <laughs> as I mentioned I before, no, did and drink water. Wasn't look, big on run meters, but Luciano's made such a difference. Yeah, system. absolutely. Yes, he's locked up that edge. They, you don't see a lot of people getting in and around him. He's got. <laughs> He's, he's actually his defense has really improved um, in the last eighteen months, and his running game's pretty good as well. So, and the size, like they 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 were missing a bit of size there for a while, and now they're starting to get it back. Um, yeah, didn't and Drinkwater looked like they had the plague. The Tigers wouldn't go anywhere near him. <laughs> they just didn't want to touch him. It was just fucking stupendous, uh, as I mentioned earlier. And Drinkwater with three points, I thought everything he touched was brilliant, and he did it early as well. He wasn't coming in on the back of blokes that just didn't give a fuck. Like yeah. he was the one who started the rot, did and jumped in on the back of it, and um, I gave the one point to Nanai. I thought he was really strong on that edge. Um, could have given it to Holmes, could have given it to Velame, could have given it to Tuolangi, yeah, but yeah, you do you. Boo. That's the way Let's I move went. on. Uh, <laughs> I, I will say the the. the, the Cowboys form has coincided with Drinkwater getting hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. And, it is. and maybe to a lesser extent, the rest of everyone getting, and back, I get getting back, their feet back into um, where Holmes they be. into origin. Yeah. So, but he, yeah, he deserves, he deserves to get a crack in the, at least the 18 there, Drinkwater. So good on him. Uh, we kicked off, or no, we didn't. We finished up Saturday night with a pretty good game, actually. 24 16, the Brisbane and the Dolphin, the Brisbane, the Rockers and the Dolphin. <laughs> the, Almost went to war. This is a good game at the Gabba. Um, physical for a lot of it. Uh, very exciting and an exciting finish. Uh, led by Selwyn F and Cobbo. Uh, <laughs> but what did the stats say? Five tries to three. Two out of five conversions. Two out of three for the Dolphins. 81% completion for the Broncos. 70% for the Dolphins. 255 plus running metres and 102 plus post contact metres for the Broncos. Four line breaks to six. 50 tackle busts for Brisbane. 37 for Redcliffe, or not Redcliffe, the, the. eight offloads <laughs> to 13, three forced dropouts by the Dolphins, 286 tackles played, 353, 11 errors to 12, three penalties conceded to eight, one ruck infringement against Brisbane, one inside the 10 against the Dolphins, Cobbo with 116 supercoach points, Farnworth with 109, Nicarima with 97. As you said, I thought it was a, f- a fantastic match, actually. It's probably close to game of the round. Uh, fast, physical, a little messy at times, but that came through um, a lot of physicality, I thought, which um, the ground out there looked amazing. They fast. Looked fast. Yeah. Um, the ground didn't really tear up. But obviously, they haven't played there for, 
50 odd years or more, well, 100, they've still 80, play 90 AFL, years. But, um, they still play yeah, AFL. Yeah, they still they? play AFL yeah. there. But, but yeah, it's, 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 since they played there, it's yeah, 70. The rugby league, yeah. Um, Dolphins probably would be a bit upset. They didn't cash in early. Um, they had quite a few opportunities and they had some pretty poor discipline at times. Uh, gave away field position and possession with some stupid shit, um, which is coming more and more into the Dolphins game recently. Which um, Wouldn't be pleasing yeah, old Benny. Absolutely not. Uh, some really attractive attack put together from both teams, but it really came back just a really hard, strong running from the centres. Like, cause Tony Staggs was going well. Farnworth was brilliant. Uh, on the other side, the Hammer was fantastic. Uh, Asako chimed in nicely a couple of times. And there was some, yeah, some really nice, attractive football played. They were happy to spread it and try to hit the edges. We were rough on him early, but I think I think Valance is going to make it. I think he'll be yeah, right. He yeah, was, yeah. He's, he was good. He got, he got into the physicality. He did. Uh, did some defensive cleanup. Not defensive a lot of scrap, but he, yeah, he yeah. was in for the fight in uh, not so much, you know, chasing down loose balls and shit, but he never cracked. He, uh, um, and he saved a, one of the, he saved a try. Saved there. a try. And he's now, he's always an option for that crash ball. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's probably the best option for the crash ball. And, um, yeah, the 20, 30 metres out, he's probably going to be a threat most times you get mm-hmm. down there. So, um, he's fought off a couple of other blokes for that spot. So it looks like it's his spot now for the rest of the season. Just do so. mention what they do because they have gone out. I know Brenko's going, but they, have gone out and got her becoming mm. um, where all of them fit under yeah. the big umbrella. I don't know. Yeah. And given probably, Hammer played in the centres too, yeah? Tafari so probably yeah, ends up back yeah. on the bench as an option to play centre so, or so. back row. He'll, he'll end up back row. At the end of the day, he's going to end up yeah. in the back row. Um, but he could play both, so he probably becomes a pretty good 15 or 16 uh, when Herbie does come across there. He was brilliant in this game. I thought he was going to be man of the match, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> and he probably was very close to it, apart from Selwyn pulling some tricks out of his back pocket <laughs> in the last minute of the game. And, um, yeah, did some fantastic things out there earlier in the match as well. Uh, I thought Jeremy Marsh-King was, was quite good uh, for for the, the Dolphins, chucking the centres and the wingers as well. Um, scored some nice tries between the whole lot of them. There's a touch of soft defence a couple of times. A couple of those tries probably should have been stopped uh, with just basically one-on-one tackles being missed and then that leads to a, a break and then the scramble that didn't quite get there to shut it down. But, uh, yeah, Her- Herbie, I tipped him for man of the match too. And I, <laughs> I was all over him up until that. Selwyn stole it. Bastard. Yeah. And who did, like, uh, to, to win the game like that, who does, like... There's obvious comparisons. And it was like his fourth or fifth option as well. He wanted to go inside and he wanted to beat him on the outside and then fucking wanted to steamroll him and went, fuck it, I'll just chip it. Yeah, and And, and pinpoint. (laughs) At that time in the game, the way the balance was, because if anything else goes wrong, if he doesn't hit it right, it rolls dead. There's enough momentum to, you thought, oh, next try, they can score next here. Absolutely. And to try that off the back of nothing and Mm -hmm. have it come off is brilliant. And then, uh, was it two minutes later? It wasn't long later. Uh, just to, oh, it was 10 minutes, actually. But to just to burn them outside with pace. So just to show all of those skills was um, outstanding. I thought Aiken and Tafare were very good, the centres for the Dolphins side. O'Sullivan was, he's working back into things. He's still a touch probably behind, but he, he, he's looking good. Um, and someone that they've needed recently. And it seems to free up Katara a little bit too. So um, obviously there's something to, for them to work on there. SASA and Nichols were the best of the forwards for the Dolphins. Um 
which is a little disappointing considering some of the older blokes that they've got there. But they have, as you mentioned, sort of run out of gas recently in the last few weeks. Yeah. So it's led to a bit Ford of what's going on with them. 12 months away from being too old. Yeah, now. absolutely. Like when we signed them, we, rave, we didn't rave, but we said they were astute signings. You know, they have been. Yeah, yeah. But they there's, there's, yeah. What's that part? They've got of a lot of legs in there. You get three a quarters, two thirds, three quarters away through the season, and that's when the injuries, the niggles, all that shit starts yeah. to bite. And you know, the older you are, obviously, the harder it is to get yeah. up and going. Um, Jeremy Marshall King and Nick Arima were the best two players for the Dolphins. I thought Nick Arima was fantastic. Yeah, he just he's really he starting the, to find he's a spot. Al- almost, at least currently, the best in the comp for getting into a line, mm. opening a line up, and getting a ball past the defender. That's the the, the, the sliding defender or the slide, yeah, 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 or both, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. Uh, opening just opening the gap. Like, how many times does the Aikens of the world get the ball if just cavernous space because he's managed to drag them in? Yeah, he's been through the line the last few what probably six weeks. He's yeah. been absolutely fantastic for this side. Um, Carrigan and Walters were very good. Don't say that about Walters very often, but I thought he had a very good game in this one. Stags Palacia were, were pretty decent. Um, Hassan Farnworth. Has Farnworth and Cobbo were the best, or close to the best three field players on the field. Has was brilliant again. Like he, he's gonna, uh, he probably still deserves a point here, but you could go elsewhere. Uh, yeah, so on the three, I actually gave Has the two just yeah, through the enough. amount of work that he he gets through, and we probably don't. We've been a bit light on him this year, <laughs> even though he's still winning our Daggy M's by a mile. But I gave him the two, and then I had Farnworth or Nicarima for the one. Yeah, give it to Herbie, but I could easily have given it to to Nicarima. Uh, and, you know, now he's keeping Hammer out of a fullback spot, so it's kudos to him as well. The, the coach did come out and say that was partly because of how soft their defence has been on that edge. And surprisingly for mine, I'd never rated Hammer's defence, but he was quite good in the line. But he's one, just bigger so. than you think as well. Yeah, like yeah In I origin, so. he, he never looks small. Mm. Like he, he mans up. Yeah, he, you true. Know, mans up against... Um, those New South Wales backs and looks yep. every no, bit as big. Uh, shaking on Brisbane now. I, th- I think yeah, they, I'm a little they, worried they, as they, well. uh, these, uh, It's another game where these are two par. If they par lose teams. these two with those four blokes they've out that no you mentioned, this week. They, they miss those. Like they're missing like, Yeah, those four forwards are gone. Plus the blokes in Origin, they miss. They drop this game and say two out of the next three. They're a chance of missing eight again. That'd be amazing. That'd be absolutely amazing to do that. To, Put it, I, I went and did my um I went and did the ladder? the ladder yeah last night how'd you go I had him finishing ninth wow mm. where Tigers finish <laughs> last <laughs> <laughs> mm. I had the Sharks line to sixth I had a few things that actually surprised me uh, to be honest but there's a few matchups here for the Sharks in like the likes of the Raiders and stuff like that that they just lose um mm. Souths they probably lose to Souths and yeah I had them sliding to sixth. I think I ended up having Souths running second, uh, Warriors running fifth. Uh, yeah, there was a few surprising results when I, but my tipping's been dog shit all year, so that could all be completely wrong anyway. Yeah, so. and, and <laughs> I know to, when I've done the fantasy, I don't bother with margins. Injuries and suspensions are always a difference, and, and yeah, but uh, <laughs> it's almost like Penrith, in a way, injury proof. Really, mm-hmm. um, the way they're going. Yeah. All right. Well, what do we say about this one as well? Sixty-six nil. Probably could have been mm-hmm. seventy-two. Could have been more, probably. 11 tries for Newcastle, 11 out of 11 conversions. 61% completion for the Dogs, 82% for the Newcastle side, 842-plus running metres, 223-plus post-contact metres. One line break for the Dogs, 13 for Newcastle. 
12 tackle bus to 63 tackle bus for Newcastle. <laughs> it's one every minute and 20 seconds. Six offloads to 13. 385 tackles played 241. 15 errors to nine. Four penalties conceded to five. Two ruck infringements to zero. One ruck infringement again. Uh, sorry, one inside the 10 against Newcastle. Ponga with 180 supercoach points. Best with 152. Fitzgibbon with 141, Crossland with 113, and then six other Newcastle players before you got down to Preston on 52 Supercoach points. I reckon for a good 18 months in almost every game, I've been taking 50s and 16, 50s and 60s for Jackson Hastings' first try. <laughs> didn't <laughs> didn't do it? No, nothing here. He actually decided to run the ball in this game. which is he, looked, um, he was great in this game. He looked fantastic. It's almost his best game. Yeah, I know it's, it's easy to be flattered. As we Still didn't get teams, into my but points, but yeah, I thought he was fantastic. We? No. Okay, carry on. <laughs> um, yeah, another one's really difficult to pull apart too much. A um, couple of nice moves for points. But there was just so many times that the dogs just overchased, underchased, was completely out of position and just Newcastle just strolled through some yawning gaps, especially out in the centres. Uh, Bradman Best had an absolute field day running past people as they tried, waved to him as he, went, as he ran past them. Um, as I mentioned before, it's a bit of this... Two, third, two thirds, three quarters of the way through the season, where all the niggles and the injuries and uh, all that kind of shit start to hit, and then you get blokes who are like, "Is it really worth copping the knocks?" You know, especially yeah. when you're behind by twenty, is it really worth putting your body on the line and getting an extra niggle for the rest of the season, or just fucking let him go? <laughs> who, who could be fucking done, bothered? You know, even what just I mean? when someone makes a bus sixty out, um, you know, well, he's away now. Yeah. Uh, and how many blokes have done hamstrings trying to chase? <laughs> yeah, the niggles and fatigue just adds up. Um, and, yeah, it takes a big knock to the effort. The Knights' defence was pretty decent, but the yeah, dogs didn't throw much at them either. Didn't have a lot of ball. Um, they did have plenty of energy, though, and physicality and were more than willing to fucking take the ball straight into the line of the Bulldogs. I think that was probably because they knew they weren't going to get it too hard, but <laughs> it yeah. is what it is. Um when it's slow motion, it's it comes so much easier when you're absolutely killing your opposition. Uh, there's only three dogs worth of mention: Max King, Reed Mahoney, and Jacob Preston. They all put their effort in. Um, they, Mahoney missed a fucking shitload of tackles. Did make fifty odd though. I think he missed eight or nine tackles. Um, King, yeah. The whole forward pack missed five or six each. I'm pretty sure. Except Preston, a couple actually. of them seven. Um, yeah, except for Preston. Preston, one from four. He was their best player by a mile. Um, yeah. At least they found him this year. But yeah. like realistically, who? The old story. Who well, those three it? that I mentioned are probably the only blokes this year that you would honestly be throw Burton in there because what do you do on the pack on the back of a pack that's getting yeah. belted? But if they don't put everything they've got around those three blokes and Burton and build the side around that, I don't know what they're doing. They need to go back. Kicker doesn't save this side. They need to go no, find sides. But you, at least you've got a bloke on the left on the end. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But they need to obviously these three blokes and Burton are set in stone, and then the rest of them you could. Fucking do the rest of them wouldn't make another team. Yeah, not at the moment. Which is hard to say in a comp like this. Mm-hmm. Brian Sutton was a oh, New South Wales player that now can't pick his leg. Karaz and Adekar would find a spot somewhere. But what? But what? They start getting. What do they do out, out in the well. like, But Karaz and um, Max King, from where they start the season, once you get dragged into the mire, it's hard to get out of it. It's yeah, absolutely. I mean, teams on the back foot the entire game. You're getting no good ball. You just keep continually getting beaten. Yeah, makes it hard. Um, there's just so many missed tackles. It was so disappointing. Like, well, I was doing uh, half after half time. I started. I think I was putting the washing away or something. Believe it mm, or not. Yeah. Um, and you'd, by the time I walked to the linen press and back, 
oh, they're away again. <laughs> oh, here we go again. And you stand and watch the replay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, the same thing happened two minutes ago. There have been thousands of multis that missed out on the weekend. Well, with 11 what? tries and Dominic Young didn't score one of them. And uh, Katoa didn't score in the Sharks game. Yes. And last week, Sevo <laughs> didn't score in a 48-point power game. So, Yeah, there would have been a lot of same-game multis go down with Dom Young, who... Um, it didn't seem to want to get involved, to be honest. Yeah. I know the ball didn't go there that often. They were pretty happy going down the left, but uh, <laughs> everyone pretty much played well. Hastings and Gamble had decent games. It's interesting to me, Gamble did most of the kicking in this game, mm. which I haven't seen this year. Um, I, I thought Hastings, would, Hastings was carrying a leg injury. Well, he hasn't. What it not, is, well, I think so, because he's not kicking either. Yeah. Um, Ponga kicked. But Ponga kicked really kicked well. Kicked out said he <laughs> 11 out of 11. Yeah, I'm pretty sure but, he um, will be. But Hastings, in running the ball, all those gaps on that left were opened up off the back of him. Yeah, yeah. He was absolutely. making Ponger and Best looked look good. Just yeah, no long kicking, space. which was just a bit interesting for mine. But um, it'd be, have to be uh, something. Yeah, Man and Frizzell were very good, I thought. Uh, Frizzell was good, actually. Yeah, Crossland, Marzu were exceptional. Uh, but it was Ponger and Fitzgibbon who were the best two players, I thought, on the field. They were just, every time they touched the ball, they caused, just tore the dogs apart. It, it, well, I did suggest him as a pod a while ago and uh, didn't listen to myself, but mm-hmm. you ought to score. What do you get, 140? Yeah. Yeah, 141. I had Ponga with three points. Yeah. I had Bradman Best with two. Um, I know a lot of it was just running over the top of blokes, but scored three tries, and then I had Fitzgibbon with the one. I had Hastings for at least a point for that reason I mentioned. Uh, Let's leave Best out and put Hastings that's in. That's what one. I was thinking. I can live with that. Yeah. So Ponga three, Fitzgibbon two, Hastings one. Yeah. And it, um, yeah, nothing much <laughs> else to take out of this. Last try wins here, uh, 18 16. The Re- Seagulls got home in what was actually a pretty good game of footy. Pretty nice last try, too. Uh, it was. Mm. And uh, some fantastic goal line defence from the Chook. There was lots of good stuff in this game, I thought. It was yeah, both teams enough. defended quite well and, at times. Um, I think, yeah, I can't recall ever seeing a game where it was try, 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 try. For the other team, uh, like yeah, alternating. Yeah, swap, swapping between so, sides. But it was literally yeah. last try one here. What did the stats say? Yeah, we had three tries apiece. Three out of three conversions for Manly. Two out of three for the Roosters. 86% completion for Manly. 78% for the Roosters. 91 plus post-contact metres for Manly. Four line breaks to four. 46 tackle busts for Manly. 34 for the Roosters. 12 offloads to 10. Three force dropouts to two. 286 tackles played 404. 10 errors apiece. Three penalties conceded to eight. That was, again, dis- ill-discipline from the Roosters. Shot themselves in the foot. Two ruck infringements against the Roosters. One inside the ten against the Roosters. Nat Butcher with 97 supercoach points. Uh, Manu with 92. Tedesco with 89. And then Garrick with 78. What did DC get? Huh. Wasn't in those top four. So it yeah. wouldn't have been far from 78, so though, I would two imagine. Two tries and, yeah, I suppose there's not usually a lot of tries. A lot of kicking. Yeah. Fair enough. Um his kicking was brilliant. He's, was <laughs> he got my man of the match. Well, he was getting. But, was say, it's funny because um, in a team in a game where you could argue Manly had a lot, enough, well, two hundred more tackles, mm. he was their best player. Uh, and a lot of times, if it was similar uh, with other halfbacks, you'd be you'd be uh, into the halfback. But I thought every, everything was DCA here. Um, mm. He's having almost a, a a career year in a way. In a t- as much as you can have a career year in a team that's going to run tenth or eleventh. Um, I think now he's kicking games better than anybody in the comp. Yes. He's got I think the he's the best halfback best in the comp. Kicking, and it's, I think yeah, it's indisputable. Controlling halfback in the comp. I think he's yeah. uh, whatever aspect you want to Especially throw at it. Especially this year. Yep. 
100%. He's got he's got light years on Cleary this year. I'm, not, I'm not saying he's a better player than Cleary. Defence, obviously, have. there's still issues around his defence, but That's not bad. not many halfbacks out there that yeah. don't have a question mark around their defence. So. Um, it's not bad. I mean, if you isolate him... On it was a, at the start of the year. There was a... Yeah. There, there was about a four-game period where teams were just running through there for fun, but um, half the half the trick to that is having bodyguards. Ola Kawatu and yeah. um, but his kicking was supreme. Uh, his effort was outstanding, uh, and even even some of the crash plays and the like that didn't come off, like they were well constructed. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I thought it was more a tribute to the Roosters' goal line defence in the mm-hmm. especially in the second half. Um, yeah. They they put up the wall and kept the manly out for a long long time. Uh, and uh, in a physical, physical game, uh, both teams matched up and were pretty good. It was entertaining, exciting. Uh, not quite top-level footy, um, but very tough. Uh, some nice ball movement, pace and footwork from both sides to open up the defences on the edges. Um, some very mid-level footy for parts of the game. Like it was just sort of they were just, oh, we'll have six tackles, you have six tackles for, yeah. for sort of 10 and 15-minute periods where there wasn't a lot happening. Um but it was still physical in the middle of the field, which led to probably there was a lot of fucking tired players at the back end of this game. So be very interested to see how both these sides back up next week, uh, especially missing a few players to origin. But, um, yeah, both teams went for went play to play. It, um, this this was a four this was one of those four point games I was talking about. Like yeah. basically, the loser of this game is well, which was the Roosters, but. Before this game kicked off, the loser of this game knew that they're going to find it very hard to make the eight. Even the winner's going to struggle. But, you know, it's so much harder now that with Manly kicking on two points and them not picking them up, yeah, that means they've got to win two that Manly lose. You know what I mean? So yeah, 100%. It's, um, yeah, it's really really changed the, the, the results for the seasons for both these sides. Um, you've got to give it to Manly, the way they fought back. Like they went behind every time, as you mentioned. The Brewster scored first, they came back. Uh, and they played very good, probably 10 or 15 minutes of sustained, controlled, tough footy to get back and score those points. And then they'd let the Roosters get back in front, and yeah, then they, they had to do have, it again. They just don't have the and, yeah. the class across the field Penrith have that can hold them <laughs> for that extra... It's like maybe an extra set, and they probably crack. But, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. something goes wrong. Yep. Um, yeah, and had to come back from behind three times for the victory. Uh, thought that was fantastic. I thought Polga was pretty good in attack for the Roosters, had a pretty good game considering he hasn't played a lot. Um, still got question marks around his defence, but another one, another position. Wingers generally do, yeah. <laughs> do have question marks around their defence. Uh, Brown, Radley and Jared Weir Hargraves were good in the middle of the field. Uh, young Smith, again, is impressive. He's a good player. Um, yeah, he's not setting the world on fire, but he's not doing anything wrong either. Uh, he's very structured, very consistent. Uh, good player out of half there for him. Was was targeted in defence as well as like they really targeted him and Kiri in this game and um yeah he didn't let anyone down. I think realistically. Um, composed is a good word for someone in like what, their fourth game or something. Mm-hmm. Like he just doesn't he didn't feel stretched or out of place no, or anything. Absolutely not. Um, Manu and Teddy were fantastic and that butcher was the Roosters' best player by mile. <laughs> I don't know what's <laughs> he's. I think the last three weeks he's been close to their best player week in and week out. Probably most of the season, to be honest. He's an absolute workhorse. Uh, Whatever their plan is with Manu, and I don't know, like, if you're going to leave him in the centres uh, mm-hmm. and not, like, just get him ball. Like, he touches yeah. the ball three times. To- last two weeks, he's touched the ball about five times, apart from the, the yards and he scored. goes through. Yeah. And he scored, I think, three times and set up two tries. 
and should have probably set up another one here. Considering their biggest problem is points in the, um, the attacking, yeah, like just getting attacking ball. zone, yeah. Manly's back five were average, I thought, in this game, apart from Garrick, who was was pretty good. Um, I agree with that. But they had m- so many more consistent contributors in the middle of the field. Like the whole starting forward pack for Manly all put in a really good shift in this game. Jakey was good. Still yep. fresh. He, um, he really busted his ass. Nearly had a try as well, actually. Yep. Tuolangi and Olakwatu were very, well, excuse me, very good. The The hooker again. He doesn't play a bad game these days. <laughs> I don't know what's happened to that bloke. He was a, a bloke that, um, had, you know, plenty of people putting shit on when he was playing 5'8", and um, he couldn't, couldn't defend, he couldn't do this. He doesn't miss tackles anymore. No. He's an absolute uh, defensive beast in the middle of the field, and his attacking game's really flourished in the last 12 months. So, yeah, got some big reps on Lachlan Croker in, at dummy half there. Uh, he's fantastic, as was Garrick, but, yeah, it was the DCE show. He just controlled the absolute fuck out of this game. Kicked for 700 metres again, I think it was, whenever they needed Whenever they've been in trouble this year, he just kicks them out of trouble. It just makes it so much easier on these forwards to not have to continually bash their way up the field. He just kicks early, kicks long, and he's generally the first bloke down there to try and make the tackle as well. So Throwing the intercept, like just timed that perfectly. Uh, yeah. yeah, he just, he's always on the spot there. Uh Credit where it's due, fantastic ball to win the game from Schuster. Yes. Held it up and yeah. hit, hit um, Burbo there. Uh, and, and just a bloke we don't really talk about. I thought LA was good. Um, yeah. yeah, he was very he gets was strong. In there. He's got his usual bit of footwork and everything else, but he was uh, he was good here. I think you've covered everything else off. Uh, and as you say, I think the games that weren't blowouts were just games where they were par games and majority uh, four-point yeah. turnarounds on them is, is a good shout. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I threw three points to DCE. You're gonna, guessing you're going to go Butcher too? Yeah, I had Butcher with two. And then I had um, Lachlan or Teddy for the one. Now give it to Croker because, uh, yeah, I think he's been uh, underrated for the back end of, well, for the last two months, really, mm-hmm. if not the season. Uh, what have we got left? We've got to find a pot plant. Wow, what a round for him, hey? What have you got? <laughs> 35 of them. Mm. Just start listing them off. I'm going to go with someone who actually didn't play any of those games and I'm going to go with Ben Hunt because... Uh, he had zero interest in being there. Um, Put his roots firmly in the ground and is not moving. (laughs) Wants no part of doing anything. Um, I had Naden. He can have some really good games, but in this, he had seven runs for 37 metres. Made 12 tackles, missed seven of them, had a pretty crucial error and got turned inside out on so many different occasions in defence. It wasn't funny. So he was my pot plant. Have you got a slap? Yeah, the the middle defence for the... Bulldogs. This the way that they got opened up through the middle of the field and the edges. They, the, there was blokes standing there as people were running past them, like not even making an effort. They just yeah. watching. Like, so many and blokes constant, just watching yeah. people run through the defensive line. And they're making more money than we do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, we. I'm going to say much like, more. I, I just said try to do it, but I'm going to give it to the officials. I just think they've yep. been so so bad and had enough this week. Honorary mentioned, this is the first time I can recall that I've actually turned the channel off Foxtel to Channel 9 on Friday night. I thought mm. Ganane and Innes were insufferable in that game. Innes is really oh, becoming they were just that way. Very, very bad. Mm. So um, they can have a slap this this week. <laughs> and who are you going to salute, Barn? Scotty Drinkwater. As you mentioned, deserves his spot in the origin. Um, I would have liked to see him at 17, to be honest. Uh, but and we'll see if he gets a run. Hopefully he does. But he's... Um, his last, what, 
month of football has been tremendous for the Cowboys and he absolutely tore the Tigers apart on his own bat for about half an hour <laughs> and then didn't got involved and went with him. So. Selwyn F and Cobbo. <laughs> Who does that in, to win the game? Takes balls, it takes class, and he was great. And yep. so, and his other two tries were pretty good too. They were, um, absolutely. And just his were. general effort there. So I hope he has announced himself as a, a star of the game officially. Uh, that's Footy and Frothies. That's a Nelly record review show. It is through a full round there. Thank you, Barn. Thank you, mate. We'll be back to do a preview in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I subscribe wherever you're listening and watching, uh, and tune into our Origin preview and round eighteen. Uh, review next week with the Ruck Infringement Boys. Looking forward to that. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, check out rugbyleaguemerch.com and we'll be talking very soon. Bye-bye.